After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Hello, Evan. Today's guest is Larry Johnson, retired chairman of the board of directors and CEO of Bank of Hawaii. He also serves as a director of the Honolulu Star Bulletin, Trex Enterprises, Inc., and an active on several advisory boards. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Larry Johnson. Welcome to our show, Larry. Oh, thank you, Carrie. Evan, very nice to be here. So you got introduced to the banking industry in high school. It was high school, yes. It was 1958, and I'd been working construction jobs for two or three summers, and all of a sudden, one afternoon, somebody from the bank uh, pulled up and said that they wanted to talk with me regarding the possibility of a, of a summer job, and I was really quite surprised. Um, uh, there were four others that they also talked with, and all all five of us uh, at that time weren't, weren't great scholars. Uh, we were all pretty good athletes. But we were quite happy to, to have that offer because uh, it meant that we could work in air conditioning for the summer and um, see where things took us. So it was uh, that was I guess that was the start of the career. What year was that? That was in 1958, and that's when I graduated from from high school. Okay. And uh, and then there's kind of a funny twist to the story. Well, there you? is kind of a funny twist because um, again, we all looked at each other saying, "Why us?" Uh, as I said earlier, we were not we were not great students by any means. We had a good time and we played a lot of sports and. We said, that doesn't really mix with banking. But we got there the first day, and um, they wanted us to go down to Straub Clinic to take a take a physical, which we did, and we passed that with flying colors. And we came back, and we were introduced to a guy by the name of Charlie Fernandez. And Charlie also was known as Charlie Fat Fernandez, and he was a great baseball coach for many years at St. Louis. And uh, he looked at us, and he says, well, he says, I don't know if you young young men have any interest in playing in our softball league this summer, but we do have one. And we all looked at each other saying, wow, that is the reason why we were hired. And sure enough, we went into the back room, and there were five uniforms all stacked up, perfect sizes. And back in those days, this financial league that we were asked to play in was uh, was really quite competitive. Uh, we used to have probably 50 to 100 Bank of Hawaii people come out and watch the game. They were all played at night and some on Saturday mornings. And we, there were other other teams and the other um, financial uh, organizations and a and B and Castle and Cook and Amfac and all the rest of them were part of this league. How did you guys team do? Well, we, we won, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was the five young guys against all these old men, and uh, in fact, it was it was so bad that uh, the uh, there was a petition taken among the other teams in the league saying that you had to had to be a full time employee from now on if you wanted to play in the financial league. And of course, we thought that was the end of our job because they were accusing the Bank of Hawaii of going out and hiring ringers. And I guess probably the bank was, but they wouldn't admit to it. So after the first year, knowing that we couldn't come back and play in the on the uh, softball team, uh, we thought that was the end of the job. But uh, sure enough, the next summer, I guess in order to save face, they thought they'd better ask us back again just to show everybody that we really weren't out there to play softball. So, so for we the, did. We came back again for the second summer. So for the first summer, you weren't actually working in the bank. You were just part of kind of like their team and then playing softball? No. Uh, we were actually employees. Of the, we were summertime employees, and they... 
In fact, they, they called us summer trainees, and it was the first time that the Bank of Hawaii had ever gone out and, and hired summer trainees. And so we, we started off that first summer. Um, I worked in the vault counting cash for two weeks, and I worked in the mailroom for two weeks and worked somewhere else, for savings department, I think, for a couple of weeks. And the rest of the summer, I was a teller out at Waikiki Branch. And at that time, did you think that you'd be in the banking industry in the future, of no, your future? No, I, I, that was the farthest thing from my mind. Banking back in those days was kind of boring, and it attracted boring people, and I wasn't going to be a banker for sure. So you were counting money, which was fun, but at the same time, you were looking forward to those softball games. That's all we thought about. That's all we talked about. So what were you planning on doing later on after your athletic career and in college and so on, if it well, wasn't going to be banking? Back in the, you know, when you're in your late teens and early 20s, you don't really think much about what's ahead. You really... What's on your mind is well, where's the next party and what time does it start and how do I get out of how do I get out of college? Um, but after a couple of years of college, you start to think about what your future is. And I had come back and and had worked uh, each summer after after school. And um, when I finally when I when I finished, or actually I I worked through I went to uh, Bradley University in Illinois and played baseball there. And uh, after three years, I got married uh, to a girl that I knew in high school. And she had she uh, had finished her schooling, and so I decided that I would finish up here at the University of Hawaii. So I worked part time, went to school um, uh, two days a week, and worked at the bank three days a week, and so worked my way through through college here. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Larry Johnson, retired chairman of the Board of Directors and CEO of Bank of Hawaii. He has received numerous awards, including the University of Hawaii Distinguished Alumni, Fellow of the Pacific Award presented by Hawaii Pacific University, and was an inductee of the Pacific Coast Banking School Hall of Fame. So you were involved in a lot of athletics. What sports were you doing in high school? Well, I played uh, played basketball and baseball. Uh, played football for a little bit in my early career, but my my grades weren't so hot, and so my father put the uh, put the gauntlet down and said, "You better decide what you want to do because there's no way you're going to be able to play three sports and still stay in school." And did so you- I ended up playing uh, baseball and basketball. For those two sports that you focused on, did you think that you'd maybe go professional? Being no, that, no, no, certainly not. No, I was hoping to be able to play in college, but when I got to college, uh, when I went to, went to Bradley, uh, they were ranked number two in the nation in basketball, and there was no way in the world I was gonna ever, <laughs> ever going to come close to doing that. Uh, but I did play baseball while I was there. So let's talk about your rise from summer job to CEO. I mean, 
How does that actually take place? Well, it uh, it, it actually happened. Uh, when I first started full time, I was uh, I was making five hundred dollars a month, and I think my probably my aspiration at that point in time was maybe to be a vice president someday. The the the, the money wasn't there, and the the kind of work that I was doing uh, first my first job when I started full time with the bank was up a uh, up at uh, up at Kaimiki Branch as a teller. In fact, I remember so well. My first child was born. My daughter was born while I was a teller at Kaimiki Branch. And she was born at Kapilani Hospital, and I was on the teller line, and I got a call from uh, a doctor's nurse saying, Oh, Larry, congratulations, you just you have a brand-new daughter. And so I went to my supervisor right at that moment. It was about 10.30 in the morning. I said, Gee, Emma, can I go down to the hospital? Because I just got a call. I just have a brand-new baby. And my supervisor, whose name was Emma Tom, turned out to be just a great friend of mine, uh, looked at me and said, Larry, she said, he said, your, your lunch break is at 12 o'clock. He said, You can go down and see your baby at 12 o'clock, but make sure you're back by 1.00. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way business was done back in those days, and you know now. Now you get health leave, and you get everything else with it. Mm-hmm. And, so, what was the next step then? Why, why Larry Johnson becoming the CEO of the company? What's the most important things in order to get there? Well, I was uh, I was at um, at Kamiki Branch uh, for I guess about nine months as a teller, and then I filled in in some other branches on relief for about three months, and then. Then they needed an operations officer to relieve somebody who was going on vacation. In fact, that was at Wailaikahala Branch. And, and um, I guess they were pretty short of people, so they stuck me in the job. Well, I, I survived for three weeks in that position. And then they, they moved me out to um, – well, from there I went to, to, uh, to our branch in Kapahulu, and I was actually the operations supervisor. And that's the first-line supervisor, the person who's in charge of the tellers and the bookkeepers and the new accounts people and so forth. And, I, I still wasn't very motivated. Well, I was motivated. I had a wife and I had a child at that point in time, so that was my real motivation. But the job didn't really excite me. And there were several times during my career when I looked out, looked around, and I saw friends of mine that I went to school with that were making twice the money that I was. And I thought, gee, that looks that looks rather enticing. And and I almost left uh, on a couple of occasions to do other things. That, but for some reason, I, I I did decide to stay because you know within a year or two there was a nice promotion and I went to Pearl Harbor Branch as a as, a, as an assistant manager and I was there for a couple of years and then um, I was promoted to assistant manager of Alamoana Branch which at the time was our second largest branch and I enjoyed the work I really enjoyed working with customers working with people and you know, helping others and then all, all of a sudden out of the blue um, the manager of the Waikiki Branch which was the largest branch in the whole network at the time got some word about an illness in the family, he had to go back to the mainland. And uh, much to my surprise and much to the surprise of probably everybody in the entire bank and maybe in the community, they appointed me to be manager of Waikiki Branch, and I was only 27 years old. And I think that was the turning point in my in my career because I realized for the first time that um, maybe I was the break in tradition because for so long, particularly in the banking industry here, you had to work up through the ranks and you had to spend a lot of time. And luckily, maybe if you were... Lucky, after 25 or 30 years, you might, you might make vice president. Well, I was 27, and, and then I took on the, the job of the largest branch, and I thought, well, this is, this is a great opening for me. Maybe there is uh, an opportunity for, you to, for me to make this a career. Was it hard? Was, there, was it real challenging for you, or was it pretty natural? No, it was, it was not easy, because um, I, was, I was obviously way, way in over my head. I'd had uh, only like five, yeah, about five years of experience, and um, there are many, many things I didn't know. And um, 
there were a number of people saying, you know, this guy, 27 years old, he's never going to make it as manager of this branch. And we had customers that I know that thought that way. And um, I just um, I spent many, many evenings, uh, you know, reading the manuals and, and learning how to do all the various jobs in the bank and the branch that I, that I need, needed to know. I spent a lot of time getting to know customers. Roy Kelly at the time was uh, the largest customer of the branch, and I was told in no uncertain terms that I better be better get on his good side, or my career my career was uh, um, suspect. And I can remember after being there two or three days, giving uh, Mr. Kelly, as we called him, uh, as I called him initially anyway, uh, giving him a call and going down there and meeting with him at, at the Reef Hotel, and we got off to a good start, and I think that also helped my career. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Larry Johnson, past chairman of the board of directors and CEO of Bank of Hawaii. So, Larry, you were telling us about how you were climbing up the ranks, and you had talked to us about being the branch manager of Waikiki. So, just to clarify, are there different branch managers in different locations? Yes. Yeah, yeah we have. We, we at the time probably had 60, 60 branches, 60 or 70 branches. Okay. And they ranged all the way in size from uh, maybe a two-person operation to, to Waikiki, which at the time had about 85 or 90 employees. So were you able to go to some of those other managers and ask for their help and be mentored because, you know, you have the biggest branch on the island. And, you know, you, like you said, you were inexperienced in regards to what to do from there. You knew through your experience of the different areas that you did work. So who did you look for or who did you look for yeah, as a mentor? Well, no one particular person, but I obviously went to a lot of my associates that were at the bank that I'd worked with, uh, some of those that were close associates of mine starting off from the very beginning, and others, obviously, that were a lot older and, and had more experience. And I was always um, certainly um, willing to, to go out and seek advice. And there are many times during my early part of my – well, actually, there, there were times throughout my entire 40 years or so with the bank there where I went to others and – and uh, asked their opinion. I tried on certain situations. I can remember when I was CEO um, on several occasions going to Herb Cornell. Herb was a you know a stellar member of our business community here. He was on the board of the Bank of Hawaii for a while. But even after he retired, I remember going to him and saying, "Herb, here's my situation. This is what I'm faced with right now. These are the, these are the, this is the kind of decision that I think ought to be made. I'd like your opinion." And I I, I did that throughout my throughout my career. So that, was that the- helped a lot. Was there any animosity towards you because you were so young? There was, Evan. Um, I think there was some animosity um, or maybe maybe some professional jealousy. There were others, certainly I know at the time, that 
felt they deserved to have that position because they had been with the bank longer. And they probably also felt, too, that they were, they were uh, uh, better prepared than I was for the position. But I think within a year or two, when, the, when they started to see the results, uh, they soon started to realize that, that um, maybe that was a reasonable choice. Did you ever have to reflect? Well, I'm sure you did, but, you know, ask the person that said, you know, you're going to take their place. Why me? Well, I, I did, actually. Um, the, the, the person that left, uh, well, the, the, back in those days, the bank was small enough where the actual decision for, the, for that kind of a move was made by the president of the bank. Now, because of the way things are and, and the size of the organization, that, that kind of decision wouldn't even get near uh, the presidency of the bank. But, but it, was, um, it was a strong suggestion and urging of Frank Monat, who at the time was in charge of the branches, um, that I think I was, he was the primary reason why I was, given the, I was given the chance. Did you know him from before? He was mentoring you? How did he know about you? Well, he, had, he, had been, he was with the bank when I first started in the summer training program. And I knew him right, right from the start. And we kind of got along well right from the beginning. He, he, uh, he was a fun-loving guy, and we were all fun-loving guys. And, and we used to you know, go to lunch every now and then. He would always check on our career. So I guess if you could say if there was one senior member of the organization that was a mentor of mine, it would probably be, I would have to say it would be Frank Monat. And then what would you say would be the most important thing he taught you in your career? Uh, Oh, just so many different things. One was, uh, you know, you, you can't get anywhere unless you really put in the time, uh, put in the effort, a lot of, lot of hard work. You got to go the extra mile, and by, by that uh, he meant, and I mean that you got to do something. You got to do things that are over and above what's normally expected of you in a job. I can remember when I was in Waikiki. Uh, within, within a few months, I was asked to be the president of the Waikiki Improvement Association, and I was up to my ears and, and challenges right there at the branch, but I thought that this would be a good opportunity for me. Um, I, actually, reflecting back a bit, when I was at Alamona branch, I was asked to, uh, to go on the board of the Hawaii Heart Association and to be the treasurer. I really didn't want to do it, but I thought to myself, you know, this would be a good experience. Well, I was on the board a couple of years and then uh, became chairman of the board when I, I guess I was about 27 or 28 years old, and that was a great experience because I had never really run a meeting. And I had to ever had to go to the library. No, no such thing as the internet, right? Had to go to the library and get the Roberts Rules of Order, and read that book and and try to figure out how to run a meeting. Well, I, I learned a great deal, and uh, I made a lot of different contacts there within the Hawaii Heart Association. And I got active in the Southwest Regional uh, Organization of the Heart Heart Association, and then I eventually became uh, a board member of the American Heart Association. Out of, out of New York. So it was just a great experience. So it's just, it's just making sure you, you go the extra mile and, and, and accept opportunities that come your way. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune nights, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptune.
For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii? Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Larry Johnson, board member of the Hawaii Tourism Authority, Hawaii Pacific University, the Hawaii Community Foundation, and the Nature Conservancy of Hawaii. He is also an active member on several advisory boards and serves as a director of the Star Bulletin and Trex Enterprises, Inc. So you mentioned your involvement in the Heart Association, from that experience, what did you take from that, and how did it relate to your leadership in Bank of Hawaii? Well, when I first went on the board of the Heart Association, I was by far the youngest member of that board, and uh, most of the other members were older business people and, and you know, physicians here in town. And so I had a, an opportunity to learn from them. I think they were somewhat surprised that I would be willing to take on an assignment like that at such a young age. So it was, um, it was, it was just, it was an overall learning experience. Um, you know, from that, from that heart association opportunity here in Hawaii, I, I said earlier, I went on the board of the American Heart Association, which, re, which required me to go to New York, uh, two to three times a year for board meetings. And I'd only been to New York maybe one other time in my life. And, and, um, but this was an opportunity to be able to meet some very high level people and, and, and to learn from them. So did you find that by doing the community service, it, Helped your career because you met so many other people in high-level positions in philanthropy? Most definitely. I, I would recommend to any young person that's looking at building a career to get involved with the community, to get involved with organizations, particularly organizations that you, that you seem to enjoy or, or have some, uh, some desire to be part of. I brought in, I know, a lot of business to the bank directly because of the contacts that I made. I learned a great deal from associating with people that were at much higher level in the business community and socially than, than I was. And um, it was, uh, I would say that there's, there's no way in the world I could have moved up into the organization of the Bank of Hawaii if I hadn't been active in various community projects. Did you encourage this when you were um, CEO of Bank of Hawaii? Definitely. With your employees? Yes, we, we, we encourage uh, all of the employees of the bank, I and mean, this is not from the management level all the way down to the tellers, to get involved, whether it be your church or your community organization or a nonprofit or for-profit or whatever, but go out and get involved and be active. Because not only will that help you grow and develop as, a, as an individual, but it will also help the organization and the community in which we live. And how much time were you spending on nonprofit and community organizations outside of your regular work schedule? Well, it's hard to... to to say how many, you know, what percentage, but obviously my main responsibility in terms of my working life was, was at the Bank of Hawaii. Uh, my main responsibility in terms of my whole life was my family. And that's uh, one thing that, you know, young people should not lose sight of, that the most important thing that you can do if you have a family is to take care of that family and to, and to be with your kids and go to the soccer games and go to the, go to the baseball games and, you know, do things together on weekends and have dinner together at night and, 
And um, don't don't lose sight of that as being the primary responsibility. I know there were a, a number of evenings where I would much rather have been home with my family, but I was out, you know, being involved in various community activities. As to how mu- how much time I spent on that, I really don't know. But it was uh, it was a meaningful amount of time. So, how did you actually manage your time, especially as you moved up the organization, you became president and CEO? Your demands of the job become much greater. Kind of like being a juggler in a way, uh, and you have to set priorities, and you have to exercise judgment all the time, uh, every single day. I mean, almost every single hour you need to ask yourself, is what I'm doing the appropriate thing for me to do right now? Um, and it's, uh, there's, there's no hard and fast rule that I could explain to say this is how you manage those responsibilities. You just have to be cognizant of family, uh, your business, and your community activities all at once and and make decisions as to how much time you need to spend and when you want to spend, when you need to spend it. And what advice would you give our listeners in regards to having goals and aspirations from wherever you start all the way to the top as well as getting involved in the community? Well, first of all, I think the most important thing is to do what you enjoy doing. And if after 5 years I still didn't enjoy working at the Bank of Hawaii, I would have left. But after about 5 years I really started to like it. And my uh, suggestions to anybody that's out there in the working world right now is, first of all, take a look at yourself and say, you know, when I get up in the morning, it, it, am, I, am I excited? Am I looking forward to getting dressed and moving on and getting, getting to my job or getting to my place of work? And also the same thing in the afternoon. If, it's, you know, you're, if you're the kind of person that's looking at your clock starting from 3 o'clock on saying, you know, I can't wait to get out of here, then that's a signal that you probably are in the, in the wrong place. Maybe you're not the round peg in the round hole. Um, so you really have to, first of all, enjoy what you're, what you're doing. So who was the person that, or people that had taught you to get involved with the community, even though you were really busy at work? I don't think there was any one particular person that, that, that taught me that. I think we just realized that uh, being in the, in the world of banking, it's a community business. And you, you need to know your communities, and you need to get involved in your communities. And it's important that you that you uh, uh, become a leader in those, in those organizations that involve that community where you are. That's just, it's just the nature of the business. You know, Kelvin Takeda and I believe a number of other people that came through here mentioned Herb Cornell also, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Malcolm McNaughton, actually sitting them down and talking to them about this concept. Did, did they ever do that with you too? No, I don't believe they ever did that with me by you know sitting down and and, and talking about it. But uh, they certainly led by example. Uh, you mentioned Herb Cornell. Herb, Cor- Herb Cornell was involved in all kinds of activities, um, and he had a big job, and he had a big family, and he was able to juggle all those things. And you know, I would look at people like that and say, well, if if they can do it, why can't I? So now that you're retired from the bank, what what are you doing with your time? Well, I'm first of all enjoying myself. Uh, to a, to a, a great degree. Uh, when I retired five years ago, I told myself that that I was going to turn the turn the page of the book and start a whole new chapter and and not look back. And so when I retired, I I, I got off the board. I have absolutely no connection with the bank other than I'm still a shareholder and I do have an office uh, down on the second floor, but I do not get engaged with banking activities at all. I try to get up in the morning by by doing a workout. Um, then I usually come in the office for. A couple of hours, maybe three hours, maybe maybe five hours, maybe not come in at all. And then, um, well, just today, today's a good example. I, I uh, went to the went to the gym for about an hour in the morning, and then I 
From there, I went directly to the Hawaii Tourism Authority where we had a board meeting. From there, I grabbed a quick sandwich and came, came up here. And from here, I'm going to rush back to, to, to my home, I guess. And no, I'm I, going to Costco first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know that some people have, have mentioned your name as mentoring them as younger entrepreneurs. Are you spending a lot of time doing that as well? I am doing some of that. I, I'm involved in a number of these Act 221, or I guess it's Act 215 companies now. Um, and uh, I'm doing that not only because I think there's some good investment opportunities, but I really enjoy seeing young people uh, starting off as entrepreneurs here in this town. Um, there are so many folks right now that still believe that there are not many opportunities here in Hawaii. And I've got to tell you, there are more, probably more opportunities in the state of Hawaii right now than maybe any other state in the country. You know, our economy is, is, is as strong or maybe stronger than any place else in the United States. Our unemployment rate is, I think, about 2.8% or something. It's less than 3 It's by far the lowest. And, uh, you know, I've been active, was active in the business community for over 40 years, and I can tell you I have never seen more opportunities in the state of Hawaii right now than there has been in certainly my, in my lifetime. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.